0: This morning, God's Word comes to us from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians 1, and we'll be reading all 10 verses of this chapter. 1 Thessalonians 1, beginning at verse 1, What we hear now is God's word. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sakes. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia, And not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. I invite you to turn to the back of your Trinity Psalter hymnal to page 880 in the back section. 880. This is Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 21. And this morning, I'll read for you just questions 54 and 55. From page 880, question 54. What do you believe concerning the Holy Catholic Church? The answer, I believe that the Son of God, through His Spirit and Word, out of the entire human race... From the beginning of the world to its end, gathers, protects, and preserves for himself a community chosen for eternal life and united in true faith. And of this community, I am and always will be a living member. Question 55. What do you understand by the communion of saints? First, that believers, one and all, as members of Christ the Lord, have communion with him and share in all his treasures and gifts. Second, that each member should consider it a duty to use these gifts readily and joyfully for the service and enrichment of the other members. This morning we move on in our study of the truth uh, from the Word of God as it's expressed for us in the Apostles' Creed. Uh, We are in that third section of the Creed, dealing with the person and work of the Holy Spirit. This morning we deal with these two uh, lines. We believe a holy Catholic Church. We believe the communion of saints. Now, when talking about the church, uh, there are a lot of things we could focus on this morning. Uh, We could focus on the attributes of the church. We could focus on the purposes of the church, what the church is. Uh, But instead, uh, this morning, what I'd like to focus on in particular is membership in the church. What is it to be a member of the church? And children, this morning, I'm going to use the word church in two different ways. Church can mean, as our confession, the holy Catholic church. All believers of all places and all times, that one great invisible church known only to God. The Holy Catholic Church. That's one way I'm going to talk about church. But I'm also going to talk about church as this church. This particular body of Christ. So we'll talk about the universal church, and we'll talk about the local church. And to help you kids, I'll try to point out which one I'm talking about as we go through uh, this sermon this morning. We're going to talk about membership in the church by looking at three questions. The first question, am I a member of the church? The second question, am I a member of the right church? And then thirdly, am I a living member of the right church? Membership in the church. The first question, am I a member of the church? Now that may seem like a strange question to begin with. You would say, of course I'm a member of the church. Uh, I come here on Sunday. Uh, There's a file in the office with my name on it. Of course, how how can you ask me the question, are you a member of the church? That first question doesn't deal primarily with membership in the local church. The question I'm asking is, Are you a member of the universal church? Because we know that membership in the local church, although a wonderful thing, is no guarantee that one is a member of the universal church. We know there are unbelievers, there are hypocrites who are members of the local congregation and not members of that universal Catholic Church. And so I ask the question, are you a member of that church, of that universal Catholic Church? And we remember that that entrance into that church is not based on something we do not based on signing our name on a piece of paper. Membership into that Catholic universal church is by God's choice. We can choose to join a local church. God chooses who belongs to his universal church. Our confession speaks of that when it describes the church as that community Chosen for eternal life. A community chosen by God for eternal life. Paul addresses the Thessalonians this way in verse 4. But we know, brothers, loved by God that He has chosen you. Entrance into that universal church is because God, in His love, in His mercy, chooses a people for His very own. God chooses who belongs to the universal church. That's why we might ask the question, well, you're asking me, I'm a member of that church. How would I know? If it's God's choice, how would I know if I'm a member of that universal church? Well, there are a couple, couple further questions we might ask ourselves regarding membership in that church. Membership in that church, we can have assurance that we belong to that church, That God has chosen us. If we have an acknowledgement and confession of our sins. Look at verse 9. They themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you. And how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God we can have some assurance that we belong to that that eternal church, that universal church, if we have a sorrow for our sin and we turn from that sin to God. Now we know we will still struggle with sins in this life. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. But when we struggle with sin, we must turn from it and repent. We must confess that sin to God and pray that He would forgive us. We might ask ask the question this way, am I troubled by my sin? When I go back to those old besetting sins, am I troubled? Is my soul hurt when I return to those ways which are offensive to God? And do I have a greater desire to turn from those wicked ways? Not that our, our actions bring us into the church, But our actions are a reflection if we have been brought into the church. Do I confess and acknowledge my sin? Have I I embraced Jesus Christ as the only hope of salvation? It's one thing to recognize our sin, but then to say, you know what, maybe I can get myself out of this. Maybe if I do enough things, uh, God will be gracious toward me. We can have a, an assurance we belong to that universal church. We recognize we can't do anything, but Christ has done it all. Look at verse 10. And to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Have we embraced Jesus Christ as our only hope of salvation? Have we recognized I cannot save myself? There must be someone else to act on my behalf. Have we embraced Christ as the one, as the only one who can forgive us of our sins? Have we acknowledged our sinfulness? Have we embraced Christ? And and do we see in our lives a desire? To live for God. A desire to live for Him. We look at verse 6. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. Their lives changed because the gospel came to them. Their lives changed because they recognized their sin, they embraced Jesus Christ, and they became imitators of the Lord. They began to look like their Savior. Our confession says in question 55, regarding the communion of the saints, first that believers one and all as members of Christ the Lord have communion with Him and share in all His treasures and gifts. We have communion with Christ, and so we should begin to look like Christ look like Him in our desires to follow after God. Now, it is in our desire we don't look, first of all, to say, am I always doing it? Because we always will fall short. But is it our desire to follow after Him? Is it our desire to walk in His ways? Is it our desire to live for Him? And when we do fall short, we confess that sin. But, but, but my my goal, my desire, my drive is to live in a way that is pleasing to God. If we see these these three things, this recognition of sin, this embracing of Christ, and this desire for godly living, we can have great assurance that God has, by His Spirit, worked in our lives. He has called us, he has chosen us, because left to ourselves, we would never turn from our sins, we would never embrace Christ, and we'd have no need for godly living whatsoever. If you have no desire for any of these things, if you have no recognition and confession of sin. If you have no need for Christ and no desire for godly living, you need to ask yourself, am I a member of that universal church? And if the answer is no, then God calls you this morning. He calls you through the gospel. He calls you to recognize who you are truly, to recognize your fallenness, your sinfulness, and to look to Jesus Christ, the only hope for salvation. That God, by His Spirit, might work in you that assurance of salvation and that desire to holy living. Am I a member of the universal church? The second question this morning. Am I a member of the right church? Now, this is not dealing with the universal church. There is only one. There is only one universal church, invisible church, known to God. This question deals with, am I a member of the right local church? How do we know if if where we are worshiping is the right church to be at? Well, I'm sure you're familiar with the Belgic Confession gives us particular marks we look for to make sure that where we are is the right church to be at. And most fundamental to that, the question we ask when we say, am I a member of the right church, the most fundamental question, is the gospel being preached? Are sinners being called to confession of sin and repentance and is the glory of Jesus Christ being held out the first question when, when looking for a new local church is not uh, how big is the choir, is not um, what are the youth programs like, is not um, is there a good Bible study for me. The first question when determining where to, where to be a member of the local church is the gospel being preached. Because if the gospel is not being preached, it doesn't matter what the sign on the street says. It doesn't matter what the name on the door is. If the gospel is not being preached, it is not the church. And not the right church to belong to. Does the preaching of the word have primacy when the church comes together for worship? Now, children, you know... Um, We spend most of our time in church listening to the sermon. We sing songs, uh, we have prayers, uh, we give offerings, uh, we hear God's Word read. But most of the time spent in our time together on Sunday morning and Sunday evening is, is gathering around the preaching of the Word. It has primacy in our midst. It is the primary means of grace. I remember talking to a colleague, oh, this was probably 20 years ago or so, who was in another denomination, and his church was going through somewhat of a transition to being much more open to what would take place in the worship service and began adding uh, all kinds of other things to the worship. And I remember him telling me just woefully, uh, he said, you know, if they'll give me five to 10 minutes to preach, that's about all I get. Does the ministry of the word have primacy in the church? It is the means God uses to draw people into that universal church. Is the preaching of the word, preaching the gospel taking place? Are the, are the sacraments being administered? The second mark of the church. Are the sacraments being administered? Is it the expectation that when a child is born into the congregation, that child will be baptized? Is that the expectation? And then having been baptized, we treat that child like they are a member of the church. I think sometimes we get a little bit confused about what baptism does and what profession of faith does. And I've heard people say, "Um, I'm going to join the church by profession of faith. And I say, have you been baptized? Yes, I have. Well, you're a member already. We join the church through baptism. That is the entrance sacrament. And anyone who has been baptized in the local congregation is a member of that church. They don't have all the privileges of membership yet. That happens later when they make a profession of faith, embracing Jesus Christ, but they don't become more of a member when that takes place. Children, you are all members of this church if you have been baptized. Full members. Not half members, not partial members. You don't have full privileges yet. But you are just as much a member. And we treat you that way. And we train you that way. We train you as as those who are a part of the covenant community. We train you, you know, as if you're a part of the people of Israel. We don't train you like your little Philistines. We don't train you that way. You're part of the people of Israel, covenant children, and are trained accordingly. Is it the expectation that our children be baptized and treated as members of the congregation? Is the Lord's Supper being properly administered? Not that when we come to the table, we are re-sacrificing Christ, as if His first sacrifice was not sufficient. Not that He is simply there in our memory as a memorial, but that Christ is spiritually present when we come to the table. He is really present by the power of the Holy Spirit. We recognize that as we take and eat his body and blood under the veil of the bread and the wine. Are the sacraments properly being administered? And then third, is Christian discipline toward repentance being practiced? Is the preaching of the word there, the sacraments properly administered, and is discipline being practiced? Will the church love its members so much that they would be willing to call them back when they begin to wander away? That's the nature of discipline. I think we sometimes confuse discipline as that which tries to put people out of the church. Nothing can be farther from the truth. Discipline tries to draw them back, bring them back into fellowship with God and with his people. Is that going on in the church? And if you find a church that is preaching the gospel, where the sacraments are properly administered, where Christian discipline toward repentance is happening, you can have great confidence. You are in the right local church. Now, beyond that, there are different um, stylistic differences. We have freedom there, freedom to go to this church or that church. But these are the non-negotiables. These are the fundamentals. If these are not there, you are not in the right church. And I can can say humbly, but by the grace of God, uh, in this congregation, we seek to do all we can to hold on to each of these three marks of the church. That you might be assured you are in the right church. If you are a member of this local congregation, you are in the right church. We are always willing to reevaluate what we do. Always willing to look back to God's word and, 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 and test our practice against that. We try to avoid a, a wooden traditionalism. Now, some th- sometimes things are done traditionally because that is also the biblical way to do it. So we don't quickly jettison any tradition, nor do we hold on to any practice simply because it's tradition. But, but the church must be always willing to look back again into God's Word, to, to check our practice against that holy, infallible rule. Now, there's a, an expression we sometimes, sometimes hear that the Reformed Church is always reforming. And people have taken that to mean it's always changing, it's always doing something new. That thing could be farther from the truth. The Reformed Church is always reforming, meaning it's always going back, going back to the Word of God. That's what the Reformation was about. Not doing something new, it was a Return. Return to God's word, return to God's ways, and we must always be willing to examine ourselves once again in the light of that holy word. If you are looking for a church, if you're looking for the right church, I want to assure you, you have found a church that preaches the gospel, that rightly administers the sacraments, and that seeks to do all it can to exercise Christian discipline toward repentance. The last question this morning, first of all, am I a member of the church, universal church? Secondly, am I a member of the right church, the right local church? And thirdly, am I a living member of the right church? And that language reflects how question 54 ends, where a confession says, and of this community I am and always will be a living member. Now, I hope you recognize, in a certain sense, living member is, uh, is repetition. There's no such thing as a dead member. There are not living members of the church and dead members of the church. A dead member of the church is no member. What the Word of God calls us to is an active, vital interest in the ongoing life of the church. And a willingness to submit to the authority of Christ with all of our life, including our church life. To submit to Christ's authority and doing what he asks us to do. And in the New Testament, we have so many indications that God God desires us to join a local church. Yes, we belong to the universal church. I was writing, this is many, many years ago, 30 years ago. I was riding on the bus uh, downtown and uh, began a conversation with the person next to me, um, and it turned towards spiritual matters. And uh, he said, well, he was a believer. I said, oh, wonderful, that's fantastic. I- I'm a believer too. I said, which church do you go to? And he says, well, I'm a member of the Universal Church. I said, and where do they meet on Sunday morning? It's wonderful to belong to the Universal Church. But those who belong to the Universal Church will want to belong to the local church as an expression of their submission to Christ. Christ rules His church, His local church, through the eldership who gives care to our lives, who watches over us spiritually. And it's a wonderful thing. To submit to Christ and to submit to the elders. Those who are living members of of the universal church are also living and active in the local church. Submitting to the yoke of Christ. Being a living member. Now, when you're looking for a church, it's good to take some time. I never want to rush anybody to join a church. It's good to take A time to to listen to the preaching of the word, to see the sacraments administered, perhaps ask about Christian discipline, it's good to take six months, eight months, twelve months to find, to make sure that where you are is the right church. But at some point, you have to make that decision. This is the right church and I'm going to join, or I've got to find someplace else. We use the category of regular attenders. And we love regular attenders who come regularly, who worship with us for 6, 8, 12 months. But at some point, they've got to stop being attenders and start being members. That's why we offer a new members class about every 6 months or so. So those who've been with us for some time can, can, can make that decision to be a living member of the right local church. This is our, the context in which we can use the gifts God has given to us for service. Service to others. Again, from our confession, what does it mean to have the community of the saints? Second, that each member should consider it a duty to use these gifts readily and cheerfully for the service and enrichment of the other members. The church is the context in which we might serve God and serve his people. Look how, how uh, Paul writes to the Thessalonians, verse 2. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith, your labor of love, your steadfastness of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Work and labor and steadfastness. These are active terms. It's... It, it, it's It's a blessing to use our gifts and talents in the congregation to serve God and to serve others. This is the context. And not only is it a blessing, it's really our obligation. The confession uses the word, it is our duty to do these things, to serve others. And not to do it grudgingly, but to do it readily and joyfully. This is living membership. To recognize God has given us particular gifts and a context in which to use those gifts. Am I a living member of the right church? It's a wonderful thing, a wonderful thing to belong to the universal church of God. That he, he in his love and mercy, has set his affection upon us and chosen us to be his own. We know that when we recognize our sin, when we embrace Jesus Christ, when we have a desire toward godly living, and when we give expression to that universal membership as we join the local church, a church where the gospel is preached, a church where the sacraments are administered, a church where discipline is done, and where we can use talents, the gifts God has given to us to be a blessing to others in that fellowship. What a wonderful confession we have regarding membership in the church that of this community I am and always will be a living member. Oh may God help that that to be true in our lives. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we thank you for your church. We thank you, O God, that from the beginning of time to its end, out of the entire human race, you have gathered, protected, and defended for yourself a community chosen for eternal life. And, Lord God, we thank you for the blessing of membership in the local church. We thank you for this congregation, for our brothers and sisters in the Lord, that you have brought us together as your body We pray, oh God, you would help us to always be living and active members, using the gifts that you have provided for us to serve others in the congregation that we might show our love for you. Increase that, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.